I am unashamed. What about you? Well, if you're looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home well, of righteousness. Trust me, Phil, once we get to this, I, I thought the same thing. I mean, but it's just, I mean, he's, he's obviously addressed it. You know, you know what yeah. I mean? That's, that's not saying we're going anywhere. It's just a new place where you're that's staying. That's kind of his point. He's like Revelation I kind of like that 21. It's coming out of heaven. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's, well, yeah. I mean. If you were in a place where no one dies anymore and everything is copacetic, everything is love, joy, peace. Right. I mean, if everything's that way here, it would be heaven. Well, exactly. Yeah, it's like, and we, our brains can't. Now, I like this kind of conversation, so. I mean, you know, we brush the duck blind every year. We'd, we'd brush the duck blind, but no no worries of getting hurt or yeah. bitten by a cotton mouth. I like it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in. Cotton oh. mouths would crawl up and, you know, just pat you on the leg. <laughs> you just thump them in the head. Thump them in the head and keep walking. Here, move on. Saying, at, one time, at one time, it was like that. No accidental shootings, no, no car well, wrecks. Let's just see where it goes. Let's just see where it goes. So welcome back to Unashamed. It's a, it's a weird feeling for the uh, Unashamed crew today because you as our listeners, which, by the way, we love you, Unashamed Nation. You guys are awesome. Uh, you've been listening to our podcast right up until this one, and it seems like we've always been here. But for us, we had a little break, and so we're we're starting back today. And so we've had a little time off, which is very unusual. We don't get a lot of time off. Uh, recording the Unashamed podcast. So I feel like, Jace, my brain is now fertile again because it was, it was oh. a bit, it was a bit, uh, it was a bit spent. You were uh, growing weary. The, was I was growing, growing weary yeah. because between being on the road, preaching and doing podcasts. So I needed a break, which I'll tell you more about what I did. But what do y'all, what did y'all do on our little? Well, I think, little, I don't right. think you described that well enough. That was the longest time we've had off in. Four years. Three years. <laughs> That's right. I think it's near You're about right. four years. We had a couple of weeks off. Now, you would think I would take a break, but what I did was just go on everybody else's podcast. So really, I feel like <laughs> So in this is a funny story, and uh, I'm not promoting. I'm just telling you, if you want to go check it out, you can check it out. But Sadie had... Mia and I on her podcast, which I'd never been on Sadie's podcast, yep. but I, I think her podcast is probably a little more viewed than ours. We're, a, we're neck and neck. We, yeah. It's kind of back and forth. And I would imagine when she was on ours, we probably passed hers and maybe vice versa now that you've been on hers. Well, somebody told me, you don't think that, you know, God is working this out because we ultimately give the the credit to the Lord. We, we realize people come here because we're actually studying the greatest book that has ever been. Correct. And it reveals Jesus. So, and we're just struggling to do that like every other person. But someone showed me a, a stat of like the biggest audience that watches our podcast. And with ours, it was like, was it, it was 15 to 25 year old males. Yeah. So, Thank you for that. But Sadie's was like 15 to 25-year-old females, which I thought was kind of comical. 
But anyway, uh, and I'm saying this because I'm a little embarrassed here. So I get on her podcast. What could go wrong? There, there. She has her studio is like intimidating. I mean, it was just beautiful, and it reminds me of like a spaceship. Like if you went into yeah. a spaceship and were taken off, it's very bright and utilitarian. I would describe her set. So here, Jace wouldn't fit into the. That, that particular market. Well, Phil, here's Jace, where, here's Jace was an alien that got picked up along the what, space travel. What I'm fixing to describe is very embarrassing and very profound. Because what I should have done is thought about what could go wrong. Here I am with my daughter and Sadie, who I, you know, I adore both of these women. They are, they love the Lord, and especially Mia has been through all these problems physically. And all these surgeries. And so there was no script. Nobody said, here's what we're going to talk about. And I I actually had no idea. But I should have thought further than that. Because <laughs> we sit down on the couch and we start talking about, you know, everything that's happened to Mia. And here's Sadie, who is so professional and so articulate and just inspiring I made it for about 45 minutes, and then all of a sudden, for some unknown reason, I thought it would be great for me to share this experience that I've tried to share one other time. And when I tried to share that at the Mia Moo uh, fun day where we have all the families in, I got up and spoke in front of all the parents. And there was a moment that happened in Mia's life that like stands out to me. So I'm, I'm being careful because if I go down this road and all of a sudden I start getting blubbery because I've tried this twice and both times I lost it, which yep. is what happened on Sadie's podcast. I could not speak. It wasn't like I was just boo-hoo. That came a little later. I just could not speak. And so my daughter was like, Dad, do you want me to take over? And I was like, <laughs> so it's like... <laughs> I'm with two young females, and, and you're the one doing stereotyped, all the you know, women as being more emotional than men. And here's this bearded guy, you know, who's out in the wilderness, tough guy. I lost it, so now I'm nervous about when that's coming out for all the wrong reasons. Which, by the way, t- today is it's out. So by the time you hear this, it will have been out. A few days, I guess, three or four. Well, I can already, I can already tell you how they're going to promote it. They're going to show you breaking down. (laughs) It's the way to promote the episode. The photo shot is going to be me wiping my eyes, saying (laughs) we broke him. (laughs) No, they won't. No, I thought it was fantastic. Look, they were the stars of the show. I didn't say a whole lot, and when I did, then I could no longer speak. So somewhere in between what God has done in these two women's lives, it just broke me. It it wrecked me. Jace, you ought to look at it like you've handed down through your family structure the decisions you made. You handed down a lifestyle that, it still ex- still exists. These girls, this is what young women should do. Look like. Well, it should, and I think that's why I lost it in there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll tell it's you a powerful this, thing. Do y'all want me to try to tell? I mean, I think I can do it with y'all, but in this setting. But so third time's a charm. I got to overcome this. And and I did read. You know, we're in Luke nineteen, 
And one thing I didn't really notice out, the first verse I ever memorized was Jesus wept in John yep. 11, obviously because it's two words. Right. But, you know, Jesus, when he stands up on this hill and, and overlooked Jerusalem, where is that? Yep, uh, 41. Yeah, 41. So when as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. Yeah. So then, you know, later I was prepping for what we were going to talk about when we get here, and I was like, yes. I mean, <laughs> Jesus wept. So it made me feel a little better about losing it in that environment. But still, I was telling the story that, you know, Mia's last surgery was really rough, and we weren't anticipating that. I mean, here she is. She's a grown woman now, and she's having this bonus surgery, in quotations, because just things have gone wrong throughout the process. Because everything, correct me if I'm wrong, but everything had been sort of scripted out up until her, like, 18 years till her her facial structure quit growing. The growth, the growth of all the right. So you guys, well, it's actually injured is right. phenomenal. It's actually, so this was all new stuff, right? It's actually the lack of growth on the top of her jaw where when she was born, yeah, the parts that most humans have did not form. So and it doesn't grow. So the rest of her craniofacial fundamental parts, to use a big word, but everything else is growing normal. Well, that presents a problem because your yeah. bottom jaw, her, her bottom jaw is growing normal. Well, the top jaw is not moving. Well, you don't have to be a doctor to figure out. That's going to well, be you're not going to be able to talk at some point because your tongue can no longer reach the top of your mouth yep. where there wasn't a palate anyway that they've constructed and they have all this metal and plates and screws. So you're basically managing this process. To this is how many surgeries over 18 years? I mean, a lot. 10, 20, 20 plus. Well, I mean, probably it's 20, probably, yeah. it's hard to put a number on it because what defines a surgery? I mean, yeah. so, I mean, I would say 14 major encounters where Ooh. it took days, weeks, months to recover. So she has this. Well, it's one. unbelievable, Jace, how tough that girl is. But I made a point, and this is a very profound story. Well, a lot of them would just cry, they would try to cry their way out of it, which that wouldn't work. But or get well, depressed, I mean, yeah. You know, in the short time, yeah. In the short term, she cried. And, and I mean, she just, when you're in pain, severe pain, yeah, there's a lot of tears. And it's a lot of tears for the parents because the worst thing imaginable on the planet is to watch your kids suffer and you can do nothing about it. Yeah. So it's a very tough road. And and y'all know me. I wasn't an emotional person at all until I had my daughter. And that yep. that changed me forever, which is fine. I mean, I th- I think it's a good thing God created us like that. And so I'm fine with it. I mean, I'm being a, I was a little embarrassed obviously because <laughs> I could not speak. <laughs> and well, my, your faith might have been tempted by the Almighty just to see how you'd react. Well, yeah. So, because things finally did, uh, she's made a phenomenal success out of what's when you see her now. Yeah, well, I made the transition. I don't even notice it. Whatever she had any problems, you just. But part of the problem, that's what we talked about on Sadie's podcast, is most people only look at the exterior, which yeah. is okay. But in her mind, 
she doesn't like that. That bothers her that people are looking at just the outside. So it's very hard for her since she's constantly changing. Because well, kudos to her. Yeah, the people that are around her on a daily basis, like uh, Missy and I, you know, our biggest struggle is every time she would be changed physically, it was heartache because when you love someone, the things that are different, you actually embrace in a weird kind of way. So when she's changed, it's very hard to overcome that because you're like, well, she's different. I, yeah. I loved you for who you were. I mean, there, and we talked about that. It, it's kind of a tough subject, which is why you see 45 minutes into this, you know, I tell about one of the transitions that I noticed from the inside out, which is completely the Holy Spirit of God in Mia's life, was that she would play the piano in, in the previous surgeries just because she's bored. You know, she did other things, but you, you just think her recovery time sometimes were months. Yeah. So what do you do? You're by yourself. You're stuck at the house. And she would do different things. Well, one of the things she did was play the piano. But what I said is when I noticed her transition to the Lord, where the Lord took over, when she had that last surgery, she she played she had played the piano during the recovery, just like she did all the other times. Yep. And the part I got choked up about, I said, but there was something different. Even though she couldn't speak in, in this last surgery, the energy and passion of which she was playing the piano spoke volumes. Yep. It was like hmm. before when she was a little kid, she was just banging on a piano. But now it was like she was bringing the piano to life. I mean, it was like, it was, even though she wasn't speaking, there was a joy and a peace. The fruits of the Spirit was coming out just in the chords and the songs she was playing. And so I would sit on the couch and just get teary-eyed. Uh, I mean, I would, because she would play it every night. She would go in there. Yep. I mean, this recovery was weeks. And, I you know, it, it just lifted it. up my soul, you know. So I, I was telling, I was trying to tell that story. I never got it out. I don't think I was, <laughs> I was trying to convey that story. But, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a powerful moment, you know. And so. But you know what's interesting about that, Jace, is that not only speaks to what you noticed in Mia, but that also speaks to the, the creator. Because I've always thought this anyway, you know, you can, you know, people try to explain a lot through evolution and, you know, there's not really a God and they have all these explanations, but it's very hard to explain artistic expression and the power of that. And so it, it, through music, in that case, you notice the difference. Now, my, my, I would posit the theory that shows as much about our creator as anything else. Where does that come from? There's, as, as dad would say, what department in salt water? was able yeah. to make that transition in what you heard and felt yeah. from someone expressing their art in music or whatever the case may be. So it's it's really even bigger than just me. I mean, that that shows you the bigness of God, too. I mean, that's that's pretty amazing. Yeah, so I use that line sometimes. People would say, well, how's she doing? And I said, well, physically, you know, it's rough. It's really rough on her. I said, but if you listen to her play that piano... She's doing awesome. So, Jace, have you ever had an unexpected medical bill? 
Yep. But seeing as how I had a daughter who had multiple surgeries and never went six weeks of her life without seeing a doctor, I would say yes. So even even though there was some expectation, they're all unexpected at that point. But look, one of our uh, sponsors uh, understands that. It's called Samaritan Ministries. And uh, this uh, last couple of months, Lisa and I have uh, have joined ranks with these folks. And so uh, we think it makes a lot of sense. Samaritan Ministries is part of the Christian community. Uh, and basically, when you have medical needs, uh, fellow members are going to send money directly to you to help you pay your medical bills. And you'll do the same for them. And all this, all while this is going on, you pray and you encourage one another. So I love that. Uh, I've mentioned before on ads that uh, when we, we talk to them on the phone, uh, they always have a prayer with you, which just makes me feel really good about what they're doing. There's no networks, uh, which puts you in control of your family's health care. Uh, you know what's best for them. So you choose the doctors, the hospitals that you go to, the treatments they're going to receive. Uh, you can join today. Uh, start healthcare sharing with Samaritan Ministries the day you complete your membership application, or you can choose the month that you'd like to start. It's totally up to you. It's not insurance. It's assurance that you're part of a healthcare sharing community. It's a biblical solution to bearing one another's burden, and we love it. And it's more affordable than what you're paying now, which Lisa and I can definitely attest to that. So whether it's a broken bone, unexpected diagnosis, or other medical emergency, you'll find comfort knowing you're connected to 80,000 Christian households across the nation who stand ready to care for one another spiritually and financially during a time that is needed the most. Become part of this community today at SamaritanMinistries.org slash unashamed. That's SamaritanMinistries.org slash unashamed. So then the next day, I, that was a long story, but if you want to check out Sadie's podcast, whoa, that's good. <laughs> I, I love, <laughs> I don't know. How did I miss that? I was the to name laugh of every her. time they say it, but it's, uh, it's really good. I mean, I love it too. Well, I'm telling you, I know why she named it that because there was about five times I thought during that podcast, whoa, whoa, that was, that was good. That was good. <laughs> So if you want to check that out, just look for the picture where I'm over there, you know, blubbering. In the fetal position. And I haven't listened to it, but, you know, I was there. But I'm I'm sure you'd be encouraged by it. But then I did Size Podcast, the Duck Call Room. And I was promoting our Christmas episode there, which was hilarious because we get on there. And it's coming out December 17th for everyone to watch on Fox News. It's called Duck Family. Yeah, it's about a week. Yeah, Duck Family Christmas. And so Cy was like, man, I can't wait to watch it. So when I was on his podcast, I I go through it. I was like, look, it's, you know, it's us, his family. We're doing family things. I said, but at the end, I I really like how it came together and they, the people in the editing room or whatever, they, they really just highlighted, highlighted how no, God gave up his family so that we could all be a forever family, which is kind of the theme of it. But the yeah. fact that that's going to be out on national TV and with a focus on Jesus, I'm really excited about it. And that's why I'm promoting it. I have no right. other motives for doing it other than it's focused on Jesus, and I'm really proud of it. But Sai said, I can't wait to watch it. And I was like, well, Sai, you were on it. He was like, <laughs> I was? <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) 
So really, so, that was the other side because all that was, you know, their their podcast is basically a comedy. Yep. There's no script that we From start to finish. I was like, well, the last two or three minutes, they said, well, we usually read a verse, and uh, so I had been studying Luke. So off the top of my head, they were like, Jace, you got a verse for us, you know? So I, I, I actually picked an interesting verse, which is what we'll get to eventually. But it was what I was studying in Luke 24 when we get there, which will be a good preview when Jesus was recognized. Post resurrection, when he was at a yeah, yep. When he, you know, he he comes up to the two guys on the road to Emmaus, and we'll get in this deep. But I've really had a had an awakening about this, about some of the things we're going to talk about: Luke nineteen, Luke twenty, and Luke twenty one, as a preview of Jesus coming here to be recognized as the Son of God, and. All just think of all the times he he did something with a meal, even the the Passover when he broke the bread, and he he was like, "Do this in remembrance of me," and what that represented. Even you think about John six when he said, "I am the bread of life." You think about the feeding of the five thousand and the breaking of the bread. All these moments that he had with people over a meal, and so they didn't recognize him, and they were walking beside him. Their eyes were opened when he broke that bread and he gave thanks. But now this is this is the resurrected Lord. I mean, this is our Lord in a new state of being. He he's conquered destruction itself, death itself. Yep. And he's having a meal with with people. And all of a sudden it just it like flooded all these verses that I've never really thought about before. But you you know the one of the most famous verses in the Bible is I think it's Revelation three twenty, where it says when he says, I stand at the door and knock. You know, I'll read it. This is a thumbnail version of what I did. Yeah, Revelation three twenty, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. So people use this as a lot of altar calls. Use this verse. But watch what that next part says. I will come in and eat with him and he with me. And so Hmm. I just thought about all the shows we've done through the years about at the end of the day, we get together and have a meal together. Well, here's Jesus being recognized for the first time as the son of God conquering death over a meal. And so it also made me think back to Genesis. You remember when God said, don't eat of that tree? Yep. And when they did, you remember what happened? It says their eyes were open and this was the negative. And real, re- they realized they were naked. It's almost like you, you have the problem that happened in creation in Genesis 2 and 3. And fast forward to Jesus coming to the earth and God mm-hmm. working out all throughout history that he really wanted to dwell among people, having this heaven and earth kind of intersect. And here's Jesus representing heaven and earth. Yep. And you have this meal, and it's almost like looking back of saying, you remember when you ate the fruit and you disobeyed me and we were separated and all these problems, and now you have a, a reconciling moment of him having a meal and people recognizing him as 
the problems that have that were that were done that humans did that caused the separation he has now reconciled yeah that's good through jesus so that was kind of the take on that so we did restore a little bit of of influence to what was otherwise known as just chaos if you want to check it out <laughs> I, I mean it was that's, about as hard as i've laughed in in years just for 50 it's a minutes. funny podcast yeah and it's good. I, I I like that they're different than ours because we're so intense with the with our Bible studies. So that, that you know they they've created another atmosphere, which is good. But Jason, not only that, you know, you didn't mention it, but you could make the same case and add to what you're saying because I couldn't agree more with what happened in John 21 as well. When when the restoration of Peter as the kingdom was about to get going. Um, and really a, a course correct for all the apostles because they had all fleed, you know, whenever or fled, whenever, you know, he was killed was another meal. I mean, it was another meal of fish right there on the, on the banks of the sea of Galilee. And same thing. I mean, it's, it's this idea of restoration come, you know, combined with that idea of fellowship and community. We're so, thinking, yeah, many, we're, we're thinking just alike because I started looking up all the times that happened. And even after this moment with these these two disciples in Luke 24, you know, then it goes on to say in verse 36, it said, while they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said, peace be with you. Well, they were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. And yep. he said to them, you know, why are you troubled? Why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet which if I just pause right here, the same thing is happening that happened with the two guys on the road to Emmaus. He's wanting them to recognize him, that he's got his body back. He has been resurrected. He has conquered death, which means he truly is the son of God. This is, yep. this is something supernatural that has visited the key, planet. And a key point is he's the only person Ever, only one that the world and look, if you went to China, to Russia, to every other power on earth, they would say, Correct me by saying, No, here's what it is. They count time by him. No, you're right, and, Phil. and the ones the ones that don't embrace him within those things, they're like, What? How are you missing it? You're counting time by him. Oh, in this moment. It still stands. There was a cosmic shift. You feel it. You sense it. You yeah. read it. And and I really was, the more I've studied, because I was, I was reading this Luke 19 and couldn't wrap my head around it. And so I just kept reading all the way to the end. I just yeah. I did that several times. Yep. And, and what really was profound about what we're fixing to get into is that this is the cosmic shifting moment. It, it's a yep. clash of kingdoms, of worlds, yes. of time, yes. of space, about you know ma imagination. What could possibly be on the other side of this? Because we have. Why a would they say he doesn't exist, and then turn around and when asked what year is it, and he they date the arrival. Of Jesus Christ, I mean, why why would that be there? 
I thought he didn't exist. Why would, how, why would you count time by someone that didn't exist? Just pull him out of the air? Where, where did they get the info? So it's the holiday season. Uh, we call it the season of giving, uh, and that's true. Uh, but sometimes uh, when it comes to your Internet service provider, you've already given enough, and so you don't want to give them more. And that's why we have ExpressVPN, uh, because they're going to help protect you uh, from what happens out here on the Internet, or as Dad calls it, computer land. Um, and we're not talking about just the enormous Internet bill you pay every month. Every time you go online without ExpressVPN, your providers like AT&T or Verizon can see and log every single website that you visit. That includes all the sites you visit in incognito mode as well. On top of overcharging you, they're also legally allowed to sell all your browsing activity to a third-party advertiser for massive profits. So you can see why their giving is not the giving we want to do. So when we go online, we use ExpressVPN. The app encrypts and remotes 100% of our network data through the secure servers so that our provider can't see anything. It's also easier to use. Simply fire up ExpressVPN on any of your devices, your phone, your laptop, whatever. Tap one button to connect, and that's it. Unlike your internet service provider, ExpressVPN is committed to your privacy. Their privacy policy has been audited by third parties, so you can rest assured your data is not being logged by anyone. You've given enough to your ISP this year. It's time for you to start taking. So take back your internet privacy today with VPN rated number one by Tech Radar and Mashable. Visit expressvpn.com slash unashamed and get three extra months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash unashamed. ExpressVPN.com slash unashamed to learn more. Read that other verse, Jay. It's 40 through 43 because yeah, to make Because then point. he says that the second part of 39, it is I myself touch me and see a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. So when he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And, and we know, you know, from Thomas that he, he was showing them where the nails were driven. Yep. Now, when he said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, it was just too much for the human mind to comprehend. Yep. It wasn't that they were doubting. It wasn't that they were being evil in the mind. It was just the human mind can only comprehend what it can comprehend. And every other person that when you go to a funeral, that's it. They're not coming back in, in a body. And I do think part of their culture, you know, they didn't have this bodily resurrection as even a, as a thought. It was more about, oh, your spirit will go off and, and with the angels. And that, that, is, that is what happens. But here he is with a body back on the earth saying look and then watch this watch this little little verse here in ver- verse 40 41 it says they didn't Luke 24:41 and while they still did not believe because of joy and amazement he asked of all the questions do you have anything to eat they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence like, well, why is that in there? You know, it kind of goes back to what just happened about this eating meal. So what also I did from 
you know, when you read this, you realize that Luke continues this in Acts. And so when you go to Acts chapter 1, which is kind of what you do. Because he wrote these books for the same guy, which makes perfect sense that he would just go right into it. Luke is the only book that's, you know, it kind of ends and you're like, well, that's all that. And then it gets lost. Acts gets lost in the other 65. Right. But it's a continuation. I mean, he he acknowledges Theophilus, which is where he started Luke 1. But then when he says in verse 3, after his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive, which is what he just got through saying. When When you die and you're buried, and then three days later, you're eating meals with the same people that you were with prior to you dying. What is he? What is he trying to project to us? There, there is, there is something awesome about God having meals with human beings who are perishable, and Jesus being once perishable, but now has come back and he's eating a meal with us. That there's a. There's something about new creation here that I, I think we haven't delved into, that when all things are possible with God, I mean, this this is seemingly impossible. But I wanted to notice another verse, because I noticed in Acts 10, 41, when they were out sharing Jesus, watch what they say, Acts 10, 41. Now, 39, you know, this is... Peter preaching Jesus Christ as Lord, if you look in verse 36, but just to kind of pick up in the story, and he gets to 39, we are witnesses of everything, speaking of Jesus, he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not only seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen. By us, now watch what he says, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. Hmm. There, there's a pattern going on. That's why I went to that revelation. And to this day, whether the world wants to admit it or not, they don't say we think that 13.5 billion years ago the cosmos was made. But they do say, but you better count time by Jesus. Whether they like it or not, they ended up, all nations, if you go over there, so he just got through traveling. What year was it over there? Same year as here. Where'd you go? What country was you? I was in multiple countries. I went to Hungary, Austria, Germany, and the Czech Republic. How many of those believe that, that the same date that Jesus showed up is universal there and here? <laughs> same date. That's exactly same right. Date. But you know wow. it's interesting it's interesting though dad because and I've noticed this before you and I went to Europe as well when you filmed that movie a few years ago yeah that when you walk into these super old um you know churches church buildings I guess you'd call them sanctuaries abbeys you know they got all these different names over there for them yeah they're beautiful and they're amazing and they're yeah. almost like it, it, it's just too much for your senses to soak in. But here's what I noticed about them. When you walk inside of one of them, it was cold over there. I was over there in the wintertime. 
it was colder inside that building than it was outside that building. Number one, I don't even know how that happens, but it did no heat. And then there's, it's full of people who are just like us taking pictures of it and looking, but there's nothing connected to people's lives, people's, the meals, Jace is talking, you know, the, the warmth of Christianity is it doesn't feel there. I mean, you can't feel it. You don't know it. It's just like a you're walking through this super old museum that's beautiful to look at, but and it really goes to our whole point about the kingdom and the temple and all this stuff we've been talking about in Luke days, because it really does give you a whole different picture. But I'm saying there's places in the world much older than where we are here in the U.S., and there's still everything's about the past. Nothing is about the present or the future. Huh. At least in my observation. I mean, that's that's what I would say. Let's let's take another break. I don't know. I was thinking that. I would think if I was in a country named Hungary, and we're talking about Jesus eating <laughs> post-resurrection, well, that'd be a pretty good analogy to get their attention. But yeah. I bring this up because when you think about how many meals that you eat, I mean, pretty much three meals a day is the norm here. If you have the money to pull that off or the hunting skills. Yep. For Jesus to have this meal, I, I know those, those meals stood out more than any other meal to those disciples. Yep. I mean, just because of the joy and the amazement and the proof that they're seeing and and I hadn't I don't know if y'all had I I hadn't noticed those references before. I just started looking for it, you know. I right. was like, well, it's in here a lot more than you realize. There was something significant about having a meal as the resurrected Lord with other people. I mean, but there's you know too many references. The irony though, Jason, I hadn't really thought about that either from Acts 10, but the irony is is that Peter, you remember at in the early part of Acts 10, he's he's up on a rooftop and he's hungry, you know, and he goes into this trance. And that's when the sheet comes down, as dad describes it, about food and about ceremonial law and all that stuff. And little does he know that, that some guys are walking up to the front door as he's having this little back and forth with God in this trance about food. And they say, hey, we got a guy here that God told us to send to bring you to. So when he shows up at the house of Cornelius, which is the context you were talking about, he goes in, which would have violated Old Testament law to go into a Gentile's house to share a meal. But he went in because God now says the gospel is going to be available for all people. Yep. So the context you're talking about does open up that idea of community. And that's where it started in Acts chapter 10. And that, of course, ushered in the whole rest of the world outside of Israel. Hmm. Exactly. Well, that's what I think. I, I think too many of us, just based on our religious experiences or maybe just Western culture or whatever, we that people tend to think that God and Jesus are a million miles away, you know, and, and you get this picture of he's got to make the journey through space to, you know, to come back. And, and it, it doesn't do God's qualities any justice to think like that because— it's just not true. It, it, God is really among us. And, and I feel like when Jesus comes back, 
it's literally like you just pulling back a curtain. And one of the possibilities that he laid the foundation for is us and our new bodies, you know, having a meal together. It's something more relatable. And I think that's really what he was trying to get us a picture of recognizing who he is. So I just think we we get so crazy in our imagination that we just think, oh, and we do that because we're thinking, well, where is God? There's so much suffering. There's, you know, all, all these excuses why people don't believe God is here. But when you really look at what he's promoting about the principles of the kingdom, he's saying you're going to suffer. You're going to be persecuted. And I'm going to use that to show you my power in people. And yeah. so when, when bad and evil things happen on our planet, what happens? People die, people suffer, people cry, but then other people step up and they build hospitals. They help those who have fallen. They share the good news of Jesus. They, th- that is what the kingdom is really all about on our planet. And that's what the power that is not like the powers of other kingdoms. And without it, the, 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 the functions just fall on deaf ears without it when it gets down to exactly. there is no God, there is no good, there is no bad, there, you know, there's no devil, there's no Holy Spirit. Just on and on they'll go with it. Yeah. But Jace, here's something I observe, another observation about my trip to Europe. So you have the cold mausoleums is what I was calling them, but these beautiful, you know, structures of the past. But outside of every one of them, and then in other places in the four countries I went to, they have what they call the Christmas markets. And so they got all these little huts. They come in and they built in this huge circle most of the time. And every third one is is doing a schnitzel and sausage and just, I mean, it smells wonderful when you walk in here. And all the other booths, they're selling Christmas stuff nativity scenes, you know, a lot of stuff is set up about the birth of Jesus. People, are, they're packed into these places and they're talking. Now, now, this and is outside the United States, right? Yeah, this is outside the U.S. And, th- and it's also outside of those structures. But what I witnessed and experienced there was just what we're talking about. It was all about the birth of Christ. It was very spiritual. And it was people laughing and talking and having conversation and having food. And some of the best food I had in all of Europe was at these Christmas markets. And, they and they're just cooking the it same, up. The same source of information that you have in these United States. That's right. Same. But it, but it, but it's outside the structure. And, and yep. I think we've talked so much about that on this podcast because that's what you see in the text. Is in in this case we're talking about Judaism, but you could just come forward and and add whatever you want to in there. The idea that there's life and there's godliness and there's goodness and all around this idea of having community. So I did witness it when I was in Europe, but not inside the structures, outside the structure. But you're making really a point. I mean, that's what the problem with Christianity is, in, in, viewed in the wrong light, is people have fallen in love with this idea that of separation of church and state. It's like you go do what you do in your building and then you go out here and do whatever. And that's why Jesus is turning that on its head. This is a movement. The kingdom is, is a movement at the ground level where people suffer, where people are being, uh, 
you know, injustices are happening. People are being judged, you know, based on the color of their skin or whatever it is. And it's like, well, you go to church and do whatever, but don't do anything about life's problem. And Jesus is like, I am the answer to these problems. Mm. The kingdom is about us being public about that. That's why all those verses about helping the poor and giving money and taking care of widows and orphans and treating everyone as made by God and sharing Jesus. I mean, he he made that really clear that he is for everyone. And so I think that's really what we got to get back to. I mean, as, as members of the kingdom, him eating with the tax collectors and sinners, you know, we, we talked about these meals. Just think back to Luke 15. We didn't really bring that up. Him, uh, was that Kiss? What did he say? I'm going to your house today. What did they do? They had a meal. It, it's, that's right. He, he, it's the same principle that's the, the undertones there. And that's what we should be doing because when you fast forward to look at what he provided, right after that resurrection, he he breathes on his disciples, he gives them the spirit, and he's like, as the Lord, I mean, as the Father sent me, I now send you. Yeah. And so then Paul, all his letters make sense about where we're the temple, where we house the Holy Spirit. We have become so, the kingdom of heaven on earth, which is the same thing Jesus prayed, you remember, when he said your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And I think that's what our responsibilities are. So, yes, you're going to be persecuted. People are not going to like it. But I think that's what we're supposed to be doing. So, Jace, also, you mentioned that was Luke 19. Uh, you mentioned Zacchaeus, but also you, you said Luke 15. You remember the whole setup of Luke 15 and the two brothers and and this sort of war of ideology was about Meals, <laughs> same thing. It started out because they noticed Jesus was eating meals with sinners and tax collectors, and then he paints this picture. And where did the where did the division happen over the meal? The, the lost son comes home. They have a big feast, a celebration, and the older brother says, "Nope, no can do. I'm not going to celebrate with him because he needs to be punished, not saved." And so it's that that same idea. You're right. It's like all over. Our text. You know, well, he's given a picture, especially in the one I read in Luke 24, where, you know, in their culture, when you're the one doling out the, the bread, you're like the head of the table. You're right. you're the patriarch here. And so as our resurrected Lord, I mean, it is a picture of a forever family. And when you think of all the meals you've had in your entire life, I believe that curtain's going to be rolled back. We're going to be resurrected. And, you know, having a meal together is part of this eternal existence for us because he didn't have to eat the food to sustain life anymore. He just proved that. So why is he doing yeah. it? Yeah. And it's it's bringing out a picture of relationship and friendship and family. And that's why, you know, the, this time of year is a difficult time for a lot of people because their family is in disarray or they've had poor family memories that they have to deal with and they're crying for totally different reasons. But, you know, the answer is you can be a part of God's family and that's what this is all about. I think that's what he was trying to portray. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And, 
yeah, I hadn't really thought about all those other instances, and especially Peter saying that about the importance of what it was like to share those meals, which which really opens that door up. You know, it's why we always talk about it. I mean, I've always felt like our family's best way to reach people has been to, you know, experience hospitality um, as a part of what we do, whether it's been through the years groups, we have people in our home to study the Bible or even just to have somebody in for me. I mean, Trent was on the last couple of podcasts and you guys broke bread for a week, which God bless you, Jace, because I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what your grocery bill was. But well, I know we that- spent the first run. Ra- fine. No, I'm gonna tell you. Uh, which look, I, I mean, I don't want to. You know, I usually stay out of politics, but I, I heard the president say something the other day that I thought, wait, what? He he said something like, "This was the most, the fourth least expensive turkey," and and. and groceries you know in our history and i thought what <laughs> i went to the grocery store first run and spent over eight hundred dollars because i just had two adults and three kids coming to stay with me two days later we backed that up with another four hundred dollars i was looking bill look so that's twelve hundred dollars for a week which made me think how are these other people doing this how are people in our culture with all the you know inflation and it's a struggle i'm like i had one family come in and just spent twelve hundred dollars and look two days later (laughs) as they're leaving all those groceries gone i told missy because she had to go to nashville i said i have to now go replenish well i spent another 350 after that happened yeah. So then I'm like, and then our president said, "This is the cheapest Thanksgiving meal." I was like, "It's kind of like saying, you know, it's raining outside," and he said, "It's not raining." I mean, I've never seen groceries this high in my life. What's funny is Jay. So Alex sent me because we we missed Thanksgiving this year because we were in Europe, and Alex sent me a picture, and because the the Langhoffers had Thanksgiving meal with our family this year. She sent me a picture of Trent. And of course, he had a big thumbs up and he had a plate in his hand with this thumbs up and this grin on his face. And I have to say, it's the most impressive piling of food onto one cylinder I've ever seen. I mean, the fact that he could get the height without, you know, spilling it was incredible. And I just thought, that man is in heaven. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, here's what's amazing, Al. And, and I didn't go buy a turkey because we, we're more, you know, seafood. And, and I had a deer. I had a – and it wasn't one of my little small deers that I usually have. This was a medium yep. size. So not only did we, you know, spend $1,200 on groceries, and we ate a whole deer <laughs> that I didn't pay for. I mean, I guess it costs one bullet, but th- that that's it. So, which as hunters, you know, you, you can circumvent the, the prices out there. And so just go get your own wild game. But I, I'm just saying it was, it was really impressive, but it made me realize, number one, I don't know what they're, they're spending out of Washington, but groceries are high. I just did yeah. that. And when you're hospitable, that that's part of it. Right. But but to to the point we've made on this whole podcast, the idea of Thanksgiving, which supposedly goes back to the early people that came here to this country, 
and the bounty that they shared from what they have there. And even all the old pictures you see is even a combination of trying to do that with the folks that were already here is again, it's a spiritual concept. We give God glory and blessing and thanks for all the bounty that we enjoy and you know, whether that's a little or a lot. So even Jason, somebody spent, you know, $120 instead of 1200 for them, that may be everything they had to be able to have their family, but they still give thanks to God. So thanks and th- giving are tied together. That's thanks exactly right. Because we, you gave, you gave us everything. Right. Thank you for doing that. And we're going to show it to others. And what's the centerpiece? What's the centerpiece of this thought? A meal. Yeah. It's a meal where everybody comes together and brings food together and has That's that. The sad, sad part is the people will stand there, many of them, and say, there is no God. And we're saying, oh, he's right in front of you. You just, you can't spot him yet. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Well, and then, of course, Lisa and I didn't, you know, they don't celebrate Thanksgiving where I was. And so there was, you know, it, it was a different mindset of where yep. we were. So it's kind of interesting that it is a uniquely American holiday. But I'm kind of with you on that, Jay, about the, well, the price I of just- it. I just say the next meal you have, imagine having an have the next meal you have, imagine having a meal with the resurrected Lord. There you go. I think, I think that's it's pretty gonna good. happen. Well, let's talk a little bit more about that in our overtime because we're out of time. Uh, eventually, we're going to get to the uh, ten minas uh, in Luke nineteen. Uh, probably the next podcast. Zach's supposed to be back with us as well. So, if you want to come over, we'll talk a little bit more about these meals. Uh, and maybe even hear more about our Thanksgiving meal, which I miss. So uh, if you want to follow us over, blazetv.com slash unashamed is where we'll be. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube, and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.